This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And this is take two of wrestling with problems for this week. So, uh, yep, tried it once. <coughs> Apparently, half the show got cut off sound-wise. So I'm trying it again. But at any rate, here we go. Let's go ahead and get right back into it once again. Just some of the things we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk about AEW video games release. We're going to talk about New Japan and AEW Forbidden Door. We're going to talk about an injury to the Dark Order, as well as some of the things that's going on with Dark Sun and the Ring for Season 3, NXT in Canada, Sasha Banks, and some other stuff. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. Uh, first of all, obviously, we got the Elimination Chamber. That was the big biggest news for the weekend. Overall, I would have to give this a pay-per-view a B. Uh, Elimination Chamber is one of those things where the Elimination Chamber matches are going to be good pretty much no matter what. It's really hard to screw it up, per se. So uh, the first Elimination Chamber match uh, was more the B match this time around. You can tell by the amount of star power in each match, one composed to the other. Well, let's, let's go back to the kickoff show. The kickoff show had John Morrison beat Elias and Mustafa Ali with a couple members of Retribution and Ricochet. This was a solid, unspectacular match. Uh, I kind of expect more of a match with these guys in it, but it wasn't terrible. It was just they only gave them seven minutes to work with with that much talent. How much are they really going to be able to do? So anyway, Morrison won. Uh, and then he got a title shot for United States title later in the, later in the match, later in the evening, rather. Uh, you had Daniel Bryan defeats Cesaro, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, and Sami Zayn, Elimination Chamber match. That was for a WWE Universal Championship title shot because Roman Reigns and his uh, advocate slash representative slash spokesman slash whatever Paul Hammond's calling himself Roman Reigns because he can't use the word manager. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Daniel Bryan pulled off the victory. Uh, they did a great job of selling an injury to his leg. You know, opponents interrupted his leg multiple times. He overcame, he overcame, which is Daniel Bryan's tradition as the underdog. It worked out pretty well. And of course, immediately after that match was over, he had to fight Roman Reigns. In which case, he had a good first shot in on Roman Reigns, and after that, it was all Roman Reigns for the next <laughs> few seconds. That was a really, really short match, literally a minute and a half. But Roman Reigns uh, pulled up the victory. I guess for what that, this match was, <laughs> it was a great 90-second match, I suppose. The original elimination match was a good match. I wouldn't call it a great match, though. It was definitely a good match. Uh, next, we had a triple threat match for the WWE United States Championship. We had Riddle defeat Bobby Lashley with MVP and John Morrison. Technically, he beat John Morrison. Uh, there was some help with some crutches and whatnot. Uh, he threatened, he, uh, there was a threat to use the crutches. There were crutches being used, all kinds of silliness. Of course, ultimately, John Morrison 
ended up taking a pinfall from Riddle and Riddle ended up in a little bit of surprise, got his golden ticket to WrestleMania. So uh, consider everything going on with Riddle. It's interesting that he's going to be in such a prominent spot, most likely in WrestleMania, most likely. But uh, we've talked about that before. You can Google it if you want to know. But Google Matt Riddle. Don't Google Riddle because Riddle, you'll get you a lot of interruptions. But they changed his name for a certain reason. Anyway, moving on. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeated Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks tag team match for the Women's Championship match. Very, very solid match. They didn't give them that much time. They only gave them about nine minutes, nine and a half minutes to work. But uh, overall, solid match. Again, all talented individuals in the ring, especially, you know, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, and Baszler. Nia Jax is, you know, solid for what she does. Not special, but she's definitely solid. Everybody else, everybody else in the ring I, I consider very, very talented in ring workers. I kind of wish, actually, I kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of wish they had a bit in Elimination Chamber match themselves instead of the tag team match. Not that the tag team match was bad, but there, with there being no women's Elimination Chamber match this year, I kind of felt disappointed in that. Uh, speaking of disappointed as far as how the women were booked, uh, there was no Oscar match on there. Oscar was a really supposed to face Lacey Banks. It was a well-sold, hyped match. But apparently, it turns out, I, I was not aware of this, uh, Lacey Evans is pregnant in her life, and that's what led to the pregnancy angle. So she dropped out. They were supposed to find a different replacement for Oscar, but apparently nobody was ready for Oscar. Uh, so they didn't have a match. Or more more better, uh, creative had nothing for her, apparently. Anyway, I did not create the uh, line, nobody was ready for Oscar. Somebody on the internet said it, so I stole it. But it's not really stealing if you get credit. If I knew exactly who to give credit to the line for, I would. But I gave credit to whatever random person on the internet said it. And I'm guessing it probably wasn't just one. It's probably a Anyway, back to the actual matches that did happen. Uh, Elimination Chamber match for WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre defeated AJ Styles with almost Jeff Hardy, Kobe Kingston, and Jordan Sheamus. This match that had all previous world uh, champions in it, so that was that's that's an impressive lineup if you think about it. Everybody in this match had been world title holder most of them multiple times. So, and not just with WWE, other organizations as well. So that sort of adds to it as well. But uh, you're going to pull up the victory. Of course, uh, a very, very unhappy Bobby Lashley came in and beat the hell out of Drew McIntyre. <laughs> and he ended up uh, leaving a situation where the Miz could just pick up the scraps and he cashed in his money to make contract. So uh, the Miz is now... Uh, WWE champion. Of course, uh, the most important thing to figure out regarding that is how does Angry Miz girl feel about it? She's actually okay with it. She's actually a fan of Miz now, 10 years later. So that is something else that I learned from the internet. And I wish I had, I wish I knew which exactly site interviewed her. I would give credit for but I can't think of which site it was that I saw that on. So my apologies in advance for not being able to give the proper credit to that site. Actually, the I'm willing to bet I'm pretty sure the first time I did this show this week, I actually did give credit to it because I had more stuff written down. But now I'm pretty much just going off of a quick rundown of what I did on the first show. Uh, I know some of you might not like to know how the sausage is made, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> this is me recording my thoughts for the second time this week on the same thing. <laughs> and anyway, uh, overall, again, this was a nice, solid B card uh, as far as how it worked. There was, there was nothing majorly deficient. I guess the Miz cashing in. Anytime somebody cashes in on your bank, that's always kind of cool. Uh, 
but there was nothing especially cool that happened on this card uh, other than oh yeah actually I, I do good there was there were some nice flips and stuff off the uh the pods you know let me change right just get that oh yeah Cesaro had a nice little his his uh pull ups um on the elimination chamber cage I was kind of cool too. I mean, there's still, those are some like small kind of cool moments, but there was nothing that big, major, overly cool moment that I like, normally would like to have in my nation or some of these other big pay-per-views. So uh, overall, solid B, but nothing special. I kind of expected more. I, th I think the fact that there was no women's match uh, in singles and there was no women's uh, elimination shame match really hurt the card for me. The whole time I felt like something was missing. I think the Oscar match is what I felt like was missing. I can't say that for sure, but just something felt missing the whole time, even though there was nothing bad on the card. I think that was the thing that probably in hindsight was missing. Cause I didn't notice it. I didn't notice it initially when it happened. I just felt like something was missing when I got to the card and it was only like, you know, six matches on it within that frame. And then I realized, here's another thing too. I realized the card was only like two and a half hours long, which is very short for WWE pay-per-view these days. I actually kind of enjoyed that and it was actually kind of refreshing. I wouldn't mind them keeping the cards for two and a half hours. I know there once was a time when I was a kid when I would love to have unlimited wrestling. As in a, a man who's in his mid-40s now, I got other stuff to do. So I don't need a lot of extra filler matches. Just give me the good the good matches and then let me move on with my life. So anyway, that's my take on Elimination Chamber. I will now move on to other thoughts on world wrestling. Uh, AEW has indicated uh, by way of King Omega, who's you know, one of the leads on that, Aubrey Edwards is actually doing great work on it out here too as well. But uh, he's indicated that the AEW game probably won't be coming out until early next year, so that's 2022. Um, it kind of makes sense that uh, that's the sort of fingers crossed maybe sort of thing in this era of COVID and everything's being delayed and whatnot. I kind of I kind of expect that you, you never know when uh something's gonna get pushed back. Hopefully they can get this done on time. Obviously I don't know how they're doing with the green screens or whatnot, but luckily that's something you hopefully can do with a minimal amount of people. So a little bit easier to socially distance for the most part or at least you know have them mask up while they you know do the parts where you need to have people close together. So hopefully it won't take too long. So I am looking forward to the AEW game, but we're looking like we're not going to get it for the next year. So I want to thank SE Scoops for this information, some of the information, and these other things I'm going to discuss throughout the episode tonight. Uh, but I do appreciate uh, all the work that he put into that. So I like to give uh, websites credit when I can remember which website did it. So um, yeah, that looks it looks looked like it's going to be a very very fun game. So and especially since it's you know it's coming out on PS5 and uh, the new Xbox and stuff like that. So that works out really really well for it. The timing probably couldn't have been better for AEW other than maybe maybe a year earlier I guess. But uh, overall, it looks good. Next, we're going to talk about the Forbidden Door. Kiyomei was also discussing uh, the New Japan uh, AEW working relationship and how far the Forbidden Door is open. Uh, he indicated that the Forbidden Door is cracked open. You can see the light coming through the door, but it's not fully open. So it won't be a full Alex exchange. There'll be select talents that are sent uh, between the different companies. And that kind of makes more sense anyway. Uh, 
it's not like you can send a whole roster anyway. It's kind of hard. I'm assuming to send work visas and the capacity of airplanes and the costs and everything, trying to do all this at once. And plus, you know, it makes it more special when you send a more limited amount of people. I don't need to see every like lower mid card person on a New Japan roster coming to AEW. And I'm sure they don't want every mid card person from AEW going that direction either. So uh, that's overall probably for the best. Um, I can't wait though. Like I said, I'm mainly focusing on wanting to see uh, how they resolve these Bullet Club and Bullet Club reunion. And, you know, other people say, yeah, that's not Bullet Club. I want to, I really want to see what they do with that. Like I said, that is like the biggest money draw in the whole situation. And Tama Tonga is doing a great job <laughs> with his work on this. I assume it's a work. <laughs> if, it's, if, if it's not a work, if it is a work, he's doing a great job. But if it's not a work, and it's really, really confusing. He's just a really angry dude. <laughs> but I assume that it's a work, and he's just doing a great job at it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so the Gorilla of Destiny is an aspect of it. It's, it's definitely a huge uh, draw to it. And I can't wait to see how they continue to work on it. And so, uh, but the important thing is the Forbidden Door is open, even if it's not open all the way. Uh, next, we got some bad news as far as injury. Apparently, Anna Jay will be out six to 12 months with a soldier injury. Uh, she is the only official female member of the Dark Order. And obviously, you know, our first concern is her health and well-being. That's the given that this is a wrestling show, so we're going to talk about, in particularly, how the uh, this affects the wrestling angles and whatnot. Uh, she sort of had an extra option as far as the Dark Order creating options for them to you know, deal with the women's situation, including Taya Conti. So uh, I don't know if maybe this proceeds the dark order into sort of uh or should I say this precedes Taya Kante going into the dark order just so they have a female members and female representation faster. Uh, this could lead to an angle potentially where uh, Taya Kante sort of takes over the quote female role in the group and then when Anna Jay comes back she feels left out. There's any number of different things they could do with that. In the meantime they choose to do it that way. But they've been doing this whole thing where they're friends, but she's not a part of the group. So, sort of the same gimmick they were sort of doing with Coke Cabana before Brody passed. I don't know if we ever officially announced that Coke Cabana is part of the group or not, but he seems to be more of a member since Brody passed when they were just sort of on the fence about it prior to that. So maybe this will be you know, a little bit of a push in that direction for her. But anyway, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, next, we got some information on uh, an episode of Dark Side of the Ring Season 3. Dynamite Kid apparently is going to be an episode. If you're not familiar with Dynamite Kid, uh, he was a part of the British Bulldog tag team with the other British Bulldog, also known as Davey Boy Smith. Um, this is actually from Pro Wrestling Insider, and it is as well, by the way, so giving credit where credit is due. Uh, apparently, his kids and his ex-wife and his sister-in-law all had been interviewed for the uh, episode. He was in Stampede in Calgary back in the day. He also wrestled for New Japan. Obviously, he wrestled with the uh, World Wrestling Federation in the mid-'80s. Uh, of course, there was a bulldog named Matilda in there somewhere, too. Uh, <laughs> they got kidnapped, but that's, <laughs> that's some of the weird kind of funny stuff they did back in WWE. It's not funny that a dog got kidnapped. It's funny as far as it being a wrestling game. Just, just for the record. But anyway, uh, he ended up uh, in a wheelchair after uh, injuries to wrestling, so he 
had a lot of health problems in his last roughly 20, uh, 21 years on earth. And he was, he had, he had rumors that he was a hard person to deal with. So uh, anyway, uh, look forward to that. There's a lot of exciting things going on for Dark Side of the Ring episode, uh, for episodes for season three. We got uh, a Brian Pillman episode, which will be the season premiere. We got FMW episode. I'm really interested to see that, especially with AEW doing a <laughs> exploding barbed wire match coming out. So if you're looking for some crazy stuff, uh, FMW made ECW look like WWE doing a PG era. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they also got an episode coming up on WCW New Japan's Collision Career. That was like the biggest, that was like the biggest wrestling audience in the history of wrestling, if, you, if you're not familiar with that card. But, uh, also, they got some episodes coming up on Chris Canyon, Bruiser Bedlam, slash Johnny K9, and also the Smith family. And when we say the Smith family, we're, we're talking about particularly uh, Grizzly Smith. His kids were Sam Houston, Rock and Robin, of course, the most famous, probably one of the whole family, Jake the Snake Roberts. So uh, a lot of exciting things coming up on Dark Side of the Ring. Very, very interesting uh, documentary work they do uh, in wrestling. So if you're a fan of some of the older wrestling stuff and his wrestling history, this is a good thing to check out, particularly if you want to see the dark sides of it. Anyway, moving on. Got some good news if you're a Canadian fan. Uh, I'm sure we have some Canadian viewers slash listeners. Uh, NXT is expanded its reach in Canada. I, I was not aware that Canada only gets a one-hour version of NXT. Um, that's something that I was actually not aware of until I saw this article. So apparently NXT will be uh, expanding this reach. Uh, soon it'll be on Sportsnet and they'll get the whole uh, show two hours live every Wednesday night. So uh, <clears throat> congratulations to them. Uh, so this will actually work out very, very well. It actually leads to a very, very important thing that I wanted to talk about. I've talked about this on the show a little bit, but I'll get into it again because I know we have new listeners constantly. And that's the various uh, NXTs that are supposed to be formed around the world. Uh, the Superstar Spectacular was supposed to be like sort of an origin for NXT India. Uh, they've been trying to buy a company, I believe, in Japan to make NXT Japan a thing. Uh, there were rumors, actually, there was going to be NXT Canada as well, as well as to go with because they already have, obviously, NXT, the original old school OG NXT, as well as NXT UK. And they were also talking about NXT in Mexico and a few other places as well. So eventually... If WWE, and this will probably happen, <coughs> sorry about that, this will probably happen after the uh, pandemic's over when they start to really be able to you know, have travel and whatnot. And you can send uh, talents between different companies much, much easier. I look forward to them doing that. But here's what I want them to do when they, once they do that. Uh, instead of just calling NXT NXT, NXT should be NXT US if you're going to have all these multiple versions of it. You need, you need to initially clarify that NXT is NXT US. You have your NXT India, your NXT Canada, and whatever other NXTs that you want to have. In addition to that, what you do is the whoever's NXT champion at that time, they stay NXT champion. You still have individual champions for all your local territories. You sort of treat it like the old NWA. 
But the NXT champion traveled all around the world for the various territories, and they're like the world champion for everything. They're actually the NXT world champion. Uh, whoever's NXT champion once this expansion release starts to take off. But then it leaves with NXT, which now I'm calling NXT US without a champion. Uh, I think what they do there is uh, it would be weird to have a North American champion in NXT US, and you also have a NXT champion for uh, Canada and NXT champion for Mexico. So what you do is you sort of uh, let the North American champion travel between those three territories. And that can be like a secondary title for all three brands. Sort of like I want to do with Inter Intercontinental Champion, but that's another step. Let me focus again. What happens there once you make the NXT champion, the NXT champion for all the brands, and makes it a world champion, you take the US champion and let that person be the champion for NXT in US. And now know what you're thinking. Now you don't have a mid-card title for one of the brands of Raw and SmackDown. Who cares? We don't need two mid-card titles. What we do from there is US champion is now the NXT US type title holder. And what you do from there is Intercontinental Champion is the only belt that can travel at least as far as the men's sides between Raw and SmackDown. So that belt travels between Raw and SmackDown. So it gives it an extra bit of gravitas, even though you technically still have a world champion, universal champion, neither one of those champions gets to be on both brands. So that elevates the intercontinental champion in a way that you probably couldn't otherwise with a mid-card belt, because you could say, I'm the only champion that gets to travel between the two uh, uh, main brands. Obviously, they wouldn't call it main brands because they don't even consider NXT developmental anymore than being called up to the main roster or whatnot. But that's how you handle that. Technically, you still have the Women's Tag Team Championship that actually is the only titles that travel between all three brands directly because women tag teams within Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all can compete for that belt. So but that would be the one belt on the men's side where that would happen. So uh, I would definitely like to see that happen. And that's how I would make an NXT cinematic universe work, you know? The belts, like I said, the North American Championship could be defended between uh, NXTs in US, Mexico, and Canada. US champion becomes the NXT US champion, but whoever's the NXT champion at the time becomes the NXT world champion across all the brands. He gets to travel across all the brands, just like the old school NWA traveling championship. So whatever you think on that, uh, you can send me a tweet at VLC Nation or at King David Lane. Again, you can reach my social media pretty much everywhere. King David Lane on all the major uh, platforms. King David Comedy has come with a K on most major platforms. And of course, the only social media page that's just for wrestling with problems is a Facebook page. So I like wrestling with problems on Facebook. Uh, I do want to get some shameless self-promotion out of the way before I close up the show. A few more thoughts on some wrestling-related things. Uh, every Wednesday night at Deep Performance Comedy Theater in the Middle Beach section of Gary, Indiana. I have my King's open mic. So grab your mask, uh, spread out a little bit. We have reduced capacity, you know, make things a little bit safer for the uh, people that want to come laugh or for the comedians as well. But 
You can come out, bring your mask, come out to the Little Beach section on Lake Street, the Thumbnails on Lake Street once again in the Little Beach section of Indiana. That's King Comedy Open Mic. Uh, this week, we will actually be having a birthday party for like Daryl and as well as uh, Jerome, uh, uh, Rome's way of television host. Uh, so we're doing a happy birthday party for both of those guys. So come check that out as well. Anyway, it's always free. So come out laugh for free. Grab your mask and have some laughs. We definitely need time to just, we definitely need some laughs in these tough times. Uh, in addition to that, uh, if you do happen to live in North Indiana, you're interested in playing rugby, come out and check out my rugby club. That's Northwest Indiana uh, Rugby Club. We are having our training sessions on Wednesdays. That's at six o'clock. The uh, open mic is at eight o'clock. So you guys can go from one to the next. That's what I do. I pull the double hitter every Wednesday night for the next couple months. We will be doing indoor training for the rest of February and the rest of uh, March, just on Wednesday. So come check that out. That's six to eight for the training for the rugby. And then the open mic is at eight o'clock. So I just have to rush from one to the next one. Anyway, uh, also, I do have a online show coming up. So if you want to see me do stand up online, I will be part of the Contagious show. Uh, just send me a uh, request on Facebook. If you just look up Contagious February 26th, uh, online comedy show on Facebook, that'll direct you to it. I also will tweet out the link from the VLC Nation uh, Twitter account as well, so you can check that out. But I will be doing stand-up comedy in a Zoom formation uh, <laughs> this Friday, February 26th. So come check that out as well. It'll be, uh, it's put together by a very, very funny lady, Brooke Marcel. So definitely check her out. And she's going to have some other funny friends on that show as well. So uh, that's what stand-up comedy is, is an era of uh, COVID. A lot of cases we're doing a lot of Zoom shows as well as a handful of in-person shows right now. But that's the way it's kind of going. That's the way it's kind of going for a lot of stuff. You don't see a lot of people uh, in real life as much as you want to. And like I said, there'll probably be another six to 12 months of that before we get past this pandemic thing. So uh, try to stay safe when you do go out. But if you can't go out, there's a safe way to have some entertainment, have some fun, it's free. Anyway, back to close out the show, we got uh, one more thing I want to talk about before I wrap it up. Uh, Sasha Banks admits her 2019 hiatus was due to mental health issues. Uh, we've talked about mental health issues on this show uh, a few times. We're not going to go too deep into it this week, however, because again, we have talked about it multiple times, but I am glad that she did uh, finally admit it. And also it helps clear up some things because uh, a lot of people might've been thinking when she was going that she was just you know, throwing hissy fit. She was just, you know, uh, you know, just mad because her career wasn't going the way that it wanted. So she decided to take her ball to go home. So there was a lot of different things sort of floating out there about it. So uh, I'm glad she was able to, you know, do a little bit of cleanup. If you uh, have WWE Network, it is on the Broken Skull session with Steve Austin where she uh, addressed some of these issues. So if you want to uh, get, if you want to get her thoughts directly from her, that is the way to check it out. Again, that's Broken Skull Sessions, WWE Network. Check it out. You can hear it directly from the source. Anyway, uh, that closes out this week's edition of Wrestling with Problems. So I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, again, like I said, if you want to reach me or uh, other shows related to the show, there is the VLC Nation Twitter account where you can always tweet at us if you want. There's always uh, 
There's also a Facebook group for VOC Nation on Facebook, so you can look that up. There's actually a couple different groups there. There's the uh, wrestling group and a group for the rest of the network. So definitely come out and uh, engage socially with us however you want. And again, in this world of COVID, it's all online, so you don't have to see any of us in person. You don't have to touch us. You don't have to shake our hand. You just uh, do the virtual handshake and talk to us virtually, and we don't mind at all. So uh, anyway, this has been King David Lane for Wrestling with Problems, and we will be back next week. Thanks for watching. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter too, at VOCNation. Nation.